0: Bumji, Bamji. Bumji, one of the three so-called rebels who had formed the NSL
1: and brought about the collapse of the NPSL, revitalized the image of soccer, recreating the popularity the sport had enjoyed in earlier years.
0: For well, those people out there, like, you know, it's beautiful, man. Those people, I say we have the best behaved spectators in the world. I've said it before and I say it quite without any fear of contradiction. They're wonderful people. They make me keep going. I will never tire, I will never give up. The day they tell me, Bumji, we don't need you, I'll say thank you people, right. But they're wonderful, that's why I do it for nothing, I do it for the love of the game, like I told you in my previous interview, honesty, sincerity and commitment. But those people are just too beautiful to let down, so the soul will never wear.
1: Prophetic words perhaps. Well, whether it was prophetic or not, I can tell you that one of the key individuals who played such a pivotal role in professional football, as we know it here in South Africa, Mr. Abdul Bamji, that was the voice. That was the voice we got to to hear. That's the voice that we got to be so familiar with uh, growing up as we were starting to follow the beautiful game of football. Unaffectionately known as Mr. Soccer himself, during his heydays, the man with the gift of the gab, as they called it, was the the man in charge of, yeah, I suppose if you're a PRO, they call you the spin doctor of the National Soccer League, uh, which was then the premier soccer league forerunner. It's certainly the man as well who engraved his name in South African football history. With the golden pen, one might add. He helped as well to unify the NPSL, the NSL, the FPL, as well as the NFL, to form one structure, which today we call the NSL. And then later, as you know, the professional wing is known as the the PSL. A football giant who was blessed with a very smooth tongue uh, that brought life to the game during the dark days of apartheid. He was also an advocate for the multiracial league uh, long before South Africa became a democratic state. Now today that giant has fallen, and we thank him for his efforts as well as his service to the beautiful game. And he had to help us pay tribute to mister Football or Mr Soccer. I'm joined by his son, Mohammed Bamji. Mohammed, thanks for your time. I know it's going to be a very brief one uh, during such a very difficult period uh, for you and for the family. Our deepest condolences.
2: Thanks, thanks. Rob. Good evening to you and good evening to your listeners. And thanks a lot for those beautiful words. And yeah, it's, 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 it's tough. It's been a rollercoaster day, and it hasn't sunk in yet. And I just want to say thank you for 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 you. You've always been a big supporter of him, and you've always him from day one and I will never forget
1: that as a family yeah I mean we'll, 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 we'll pay tribute for most of the show today we'll also play back um, about 13 minutes of the interview that we had with you at uh, the last time when you visited us on his behalf because I thought you know some important things were shared by you about your dad and uh, who sadly today you know, we 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 say and we bid a sad farewell to. Describe how the day has been for the family today.
2: Oh, Robert, it started last last night at about half past eleven. Uh, we got a call and uh, we rushed down to to his place in 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 in, in the Eastgate Eastgate area. Mm. And when I, it took me about fifteen minutes to get to my to him, and it it was too late. Uh, he, he peacefully just came out of the bathroom and just couldn't get a breath because he was suffering from a cancer in the lung over the last few months and as you know him, he's been a fighter all his life and he's just Mm -hmm. fought it fought it and he just went peacefully and when we got there he he, he looked like he was just like you know having a a nice sleep and it it was it was shocking Uh, but he just went peacefully he never struggled he never you know he he never fought for his life he just went went peacefully and that that was uh, satisfying things for, for, for all of us as a family
1: Wow, that, that's incredible. So, at about half past 11 last night, he had just taken a shower, then went to bed. There, there was nothing untoward, really, uh, no, he, he, in, in the build-up to that.
2: No, yeah, yeah, he had a good day, according to everyone. He even had a nice supper, everything. He was sitting in bed, talk, talking to my mom, and talking as normal. Uh, they put him on the nebulizer as normal, that he's been doing because of his, of, his, of his cancer in the lung. And he went to the bathroom, came out to the bathroom, and... From the time he came out of the bathroom and laid in his bed, in less than, I said, less than two, three minutes, he was he was gone. And they phoned they phoned me at about half past eleven, and it took me about fifteen minutes to get to the Eastgate area. And when I got to his bedside, at about quarter to to twelve. It was it was too late.
1: Well, I mean, it, it would have been sad, and that's why it took you such a short time uh, because of everything that was going through your mind. Again, Mohammed, what 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 about Dad? Would you Say you'd remember the most. What about him and the impact, especially that he made to you and the family at large?
2: I, I think, I think to me, uh, Robbie has he's, he's been, has been my hero um, from day one. Uh, everything i've done in in, in in my life everything i'm, I'm still involved in football in, in the coaching said i'm still involved in the game and everything that he stood for and everything i grew up uh opening my eyes going to stadiums i seeing seeing fnb knowing what south african football meant to him i still love those dreams and every day I, I enter a football pitch or enter a training pitch i i do it for him and to try and say one day maybe i can make his dream come true and he's been a, a tremendous role model. A uh, I, I can't, I can't ask more. I mean, not only a role model, a hero. And mm-hmm. one thing that that stood stood for me is that he made the, the impossible possible. Nobody thought there'll be and FNB Stadium. Nobody thought we'll have an Italian 90. Nobody, and, and this is all in apartheid times. Nobody thought we'll we'll put we'll put our foot in the map of the world. And he he always made the impossible you know possible and and that's what 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 has what has driven me from day one is don't give up and always be ahead of your game always be don't worry what your neighbor is doing always look forward to be 20 years ahead of your game and go and make the impossible possible because if you believe it you can do it
1: and I know that the bulk of, of what you told us, which was very astonishing, um, in your interview that we're going to play back, uh, parts of it later as well was the lack of recognition. It would seem that, uh, you know, the current leadership of football in South Africa had lack of recognition for somebody like you say who was there as part of the sod turning, whose idea it was to build the FNB stadium. And yet he couldn't even be invited to, uh, you know, a World Cup match in 2010 and so on. W- what was, his feelings especially in latter years towards all of those very negative things
2: i think i think uh, rob when when he came out i think there was a lot of hurt um i think a lot of hurt in him till, till maybe the day he closed his eyes and because of what he gave to the game i mean the previous in the previous uh, insert you played about him doing things for the people and not earning a cent from it that, that that's the truth everything he did was was for nothing everything he did was for the people, and um, yes, he was hurt about the World Cup. He was hurt about a few things, but he, he, my father, was never a person that showed his hurt. Um, wherever he was, he, he kept strong, and he, he. But you know, but deep down inside, maybe he cried alone, and mm. and not inviting him to a World Cup game, or even when FNB closed. You know, when they did the. The, the, the breaking of FNB to to change it to the Calabash, uh, he wasn't even invited for that, and th- those things hurt a lot because you know the part you played in it to to get FNB done, um, and but you know like you said that no matter what people try and take away from him, history history can never be taken away, and and that's what made him strong and. You know, the amount of messages I received today, Rob, uh, we had mm. quite beautiful messages from from the chairman of Kaiser Chief, Mr. Kaiser Mutong and the Kaiser Chief's family, um, beautiful messages from the Gauteng MEC, uh, a lot of beautiful messages, and, and I really appreciate those messages. And it's just sad that he he's not allowed to, to, to see those messages and read those messages to know what people really felt about him. Mm.
1: Now, I always say it's difficult when the person's gone, you know, when you're not able to do it while the person is still alive, to give them that recognition. I think my interview with you left me very dumbstruck and dumbfounded and uh, in disbelief that, you know, people can have disagreements, Muhammad. People uh, can have arguments or debates or look at football differently. Uh, but being being cruel and hard towards somebody who's been such a major contributor, I don't think anybody walks out of there being a winner in any way. And I just hope that uh, in those wee hours of last night, uh, he, he was able in his heart of hearts uh, to forgive The people that have such a such cold hearts towards him.
2: Yeah, I I think, Robert, as as, you know, as as we are, we are, we are are Muslims, and we 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 believe a lot in forgiveness. And before we go, before we close our eyes, we we try and you know give forgiveness to everyone, whether it's your your brother, you fought with, or the worst enemy. And and let's hope. And I think I think eventually he. he he, he did forgive them and I mean when I used to go visit him at home and when we used to watch our PSL on TV and the only thing he used to talk about is to tell me Bray, you know, used to call me like, son, why are the stadiums so empty? So, Mm. you know, he he always, you know, he always had that love of of full stadiums. We are the people, why are the people not coming to the game? But, you know, I, I, I don't know, but I think maybe deep down he has forgiven them. And um, he'll never be forgotten. And I, I you know, it's, it's just very difficult to explain the, the mood and the situation at the moment, Robbie.
1: Yeah, uh, and 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 one can can only understand as well, Mohammed. But what what would you say, outside of the FNB, being the brainchild of it, what would you say gave him the happiest moment, uh, being in this journey of football at such a critical stage, politically and otherwise? Uh,
2: Look, besides FNB, because I think uh, I think one of the, one of his biggest, uh, I think a lot of people don't know, also was the the bringing of Italia '90, our first televised World Cup, mm-hmm. um, and we we were banned from 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 international sport, we couldn't, and he managed to go to 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 Switzerland without a meeting, and to get to go to see Mr. Mr. A Lunch, uh, without a meeting, and got Mr. Havalanche and Mr. Blatter away from the. The FIFA officers at a coffee shop in Zurich, and signed a deal to bring the Italia '90, our first televised proper televised World Cup to South Africa, and that started opening the the link between South Africa and FIFA. And nobody wanted to deal with us those times in the, in the party times. And I think that that was what was a was a big was a big factor. The um, the one he always speaks about is the 110,000 people at Ellis Park with no with not one incident. It was the double header. Mm-hmm. And, when he, and when he went to NFL meetings and explained to the clubs about header, they all looked very confused. And he said he'll take the responsibility. And if it doesn't work, he'll pay back the clubs the money from his own pocket. And boom, 110,000 in Ellis Park. Not a single incident. The biggest crowd still that that the that record in South Africa.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it really is crazy. Just a, what a creative he was. He was way ahead of his time. Um, you know, the genius. I'll always remember the interviews, whether it was Waza weekend. Uh, we'll share some in the interview that we're going to be playing, uh, with, for our listeners later on. You talk about FNB at the FNB stadium. Kaza Chiefs have just opened up their lead against, uh, uh, TTM. It is now at uh, 2-0 with Manyama's goal uh, in the 66th minute. So there it is. I mean, it's thriving. It's a buzz. There's religious activities that happen there uh, that bring in the money. There's rock concerts and all sorts of things. And and once again, we can only be indebted to him. Do you ever think anything around football, even if it's a suite or a presidential suite, never mind a stadium, uh, would ever be named after Mr. Abdul Bamji?
2: As a family, we would, we would love it, Rob. I mean... But it's it's not for for us to go knocking on FNB's doors or knocking on Southall PSL's doors. I mean, what my dad has did, it, it's there. Everybody can see it, and I think that will be the right thing. Whether it's naming FNB, whether it's giving a naming a suite under him, but some sort of recognition for, for what he's done to the, for for this game, uh, Robbie, um, mm-hmm. and that, that's that's the only way we, um, that's the way to, to, to pay tribute to to the to the to the, to the service he's done, he's done to the game.
1: Absolutely. I don't want to keep you for too long, Muhammad. I'm I'm sure at some point we still owe our listeners a part two, uh, given the wealth of... um Archive material that you have, as far as photographs and everything, has been so well documented about his journey that we do take into account once the morning period is over uh, that we will bring you through and we make people that maybe joined football later in their lives might not understand the kind of impact that uh, your dad had. Uh, but from all of us on Maro Sports Worldwide, on Radio 2000, on Metro FM, as well as the SABC, we just wanted to extend our heartfelt condolences to you, to the family. And to the family at large.
2: Thank, thank you, Robbie, and thank you for everything you've done, and thank you to both to the listeners. And God bless.
1: Thank you so much Lee, for, for having the strength, Mohammed, to to chat to us during such a difficult period. That's Muhammad Bamji, um, Abdul Bamji's son. Just uh, yeah, just giving a recount of um, the importance of the kind of work that Abdul Bamji did, and uh, nobody can ever take away that it really doesn't matter who you are, who's listening to the show. Uh, right now whatever you might have thought of him or think of him or have as an opinion um, the work of a man is always there it's always out for people to see and regardless of personal gripes that people might have it takes nothing away you know there's hard-working people and these hard-working people will continue
3: marawa sports worldwide
1: An exclusive conversation here uh, as we look back at the life and the times of uh, our former NSL, P.R.O. Abdul Bamji. I think he was more than just a P.R.O. I think he was uh, football in so many uh, different aspects. Mohamed Bamji uh, will be chatting to us. It's
4: been a long time. I know you've been trying to track my dad down and I'm just honored to represent him and represent the Bamji family in this great uh, sports show with the top presenter in the country
1: thank you so much i really do appreciate that how is he doing health wise how is he doing as a person
4: as a person he's doing well rob um he still loves his football yeah if there's a game on tv and the first question that comes to me is is my boy why is the stadiums empty Mm. what's happening with our football we're not filling stadiums right and every week when i see him that's that's the first question why is the standard dropped
1: All right, uh, some of your memories, your fondest memories. If you do remember the late Abdul Bamji 0605842250, uh, please send those uh, through to us. Uh, we will definitely share them uh, with our listeners. You're listening to uh, Marawa Sports Worldwide. We are live at Metro FM 96.4, as well as Radio two thousand ninety seven point two 97.2 to 100 FM 0605842250. Uh, that is the WhatsApp voice note number. 14 Laila on Twitter says, Abdul was so creative in marketing the game Uh, even when the tickets were not yet sold out uh, he would say that the tickets are selling like hotcakes and during his tenure we saw a double header as well as a triple header rest in peace Mr. Football One of the veteran journalists in South Africa that uh, would have also had very fond memories of uh, uh, the now late Abdul Bamji would be Billy Cooper, who joins me on the line. Billy, thank you so much for your time. It's been a while. Uh, Good to have you, but obviously a very difficult time to be chatting to you. Welcome to the show.
5: Thank you, Rob. Yes, it is, actually, because I was very close and very friendly with Abdul. And when I heard the news this morning, I I was pretty shocked and um, he was Mr. Football. He was a real razzmatazz of the game. I mean, you had to be there to, you know, we lost Trevor Phillips the other day. I was watching your show, the one that you did before 2010 on Supersport. Yes. Uh, I was watching that. It was quite interesting to, to listen to Trevor. Now now we've lost yeah. Abdul. And unfortunately, his reign ended in in, in, in 1991. I wonder what would have happened if Abdul had carried on until you know, later years. He was absolutely brilliant. You know, I don't know if you remember, but um, he was the, the person that coined that white ring of shame around Ellis Park. He was a, um, it, it, it was something that he hammered on, and, and we used to pub, publish it. And, you know, Tuesday, off, Tuesday mornings were not to be missed with Abdul. Because every Tuesday he would come up with something special for you. And I was working at The Citizen those days, and Abdul always, you know, it was one of the newspapers he liked to get his split into because it was then a very sort of influential uh, with the anti apartheid, you know, the apartheid people. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we did everything we could, but no normal sport in an abnormal society. And that's Abdul was. Was absolutely brilliant at marketing. He was. I, I, it's hard to describe if you weren't there. He was. You know. You once said to me, "If, if as long as you write about me, I'm happy. If you no news is bad news, but it's when you don't write about me, then I'm dead and buried because then nobody cares about me." And sadly, in 1991, when that, when he was done for fraud, that was the end of that. But he, he really... I mean, like you said, I just heard you saying that you would tell you the tickets are selling like hotcakes. Nobody, but nobody could sell a game like this man. You know, he was absolutely brilliant at what he did. And, you know, one day... I'll give you a little story, one, one December where, as you, if you remember, back in the old, bad old days where we didn't have international sports, back in the apartheid days we had, um, where it was just the football and the cricket and no tours. So there wasn't a lot to write about. You used to write feature articles, you used to write rooms and pages of, of, of articles of the years, the, the events during the year to fill up the newspapers. And one day I had the story, and I couldn't quite get hold of Abdul. That was pre-cell phone days. And um, and usually he was easy to get on the phone, but this day I couldn't get him. And it was just on deadline that he actually returned my call. And I said, Abdullah, I've written the story. Um, can I just please read it back to you? And he says, you're absolutely spot on. That is exactly what I would have said. He said, you know exactly how I'm thinking. And, and this is how he was. He, he loved publicity. He loved it. He, he wouldn't criticize you if you wrote something bad about him. You know, he was one of those guys that just, uh, he was in the limelight and he loved it. And you know what? Football is poor, for, for, was poorer today for him not being around. And, and I really, really felt bad when when he was taken out of the football. He, he was such a good person, really. Uh, once you got to know him, he, he was fantastic. Rob, I, I don't know. It's such That's a, I'm, I'm waffling on here, but it's such a sad day. You know, it's, it's, I'm trying to really come to terms with it. You know, two great administrators we've lost in the this month already.
1: Absolutely, Billy. Trust me, it's it's exactly why I, I did say to Bev that she needed to reach out to you because I I know you were one of the top journals as you've been throughout your entire career. Uh, but you would have followed every. I don't know how much of what I was saying with Mohammed you were listening to his son, and uh, we had an interview with him a, a while back, sometime last year, uh, because that, you know Abdul was a bit too sick, or he also feared it. that he also feared that he might say a couple of things that might hurt a few uh, people. But the one thing that really stood out from that interview, Billy, was the fact that uh, he, he didn't get the recognition as the no. person and the brains behind the f and Stadium, not to be invited to the uh, World Cup 2010 or even be invited to the launch or the opening of the new f and Stadium when it became the Calabash. All things that for me were just disturbing, but also just hard and cruel.
5: Isn't that sad? Isn't that such a sad thing? He was the man. I mean, what he did was, and and I still to this day, I, I'm, I'm on Abdul's side every inch of the way here because the 10%, all football officials or, or, or marketing people – it's a norm to take a 10% cut of the of the sponsorship money and in those days it wasn't such a lot can you imagine what would happen now i mean <sighs> i mean i mean without naming names or, or, or people i'm not just talking about sports and i mean all, all the uh, everything. I mean, people, go, I mean, I mean, we're talking billions here on billions and billions. Uh, and and his Abdul, I think was done for six point. I think it was. I can't remember now. Was it six point something million? Uh, yeah, I, I, mean, I, can't I see- mean,
1: between between him and uh, the late sticks, Moreh, uh, the, the, the monies that with there. I mean, that's the, that's the hard politics of the game uh, is that uh, somewhere, somehow they, they needed to be shunted one side. And, and, and that was the only way that they could be.
5: And, you know, that the, the sad thing is sticks with another great guy. You know, he was yeah. another great guy who, who did so much and didn't get recognized. Abdul was the driving force. As we, as that interview you did with Trevor Phillips was really fascinating. I really enjoyed that because I, I, I also liked Trevor. And, I, and Trevor was one of those guys that called a spade a spade. But you, you could write bad things about him. He never complained. But if you got it wrong, he would be the first one to come there with a the baseball bat and bang you on the head with it. But and at least you got a mouthful from Trevor. But Abdul was a, a, a really lovely guy. As I said, that December story, I'll never forget walking outside the, the citizen building in Dormf- Old Dolphin, and thinking, gee, what am I going to do? We're going to go and publish this story or not? What if it's wrong? And, and I did get it right, but I, it was touch and go. And as a journalist, you don't want to print wrong facts. And Abdul confirmed every single word on, on that. And I thought to myself, how good is that? He said to me, you know what? You know exactly how my mind thinks, and you know Abdul and myself were in that kind of space where we could i, I could I could write a story and he said to me that's that, that's it that 's how we that's spot on that's we, we need to do this and we things have, things were things happened when he was around. Things were moving, man. He yeah. he did things.
1: Cup finals were. It was. Um, oh, it was I love a spectacular event. It was a razzmatazz. I love my those job. are the words that you were using earlier. You know, he was the original razzmatazz. I mean, I'm looking that's at right. a picture that I stole from the, uh, you know, oh. from the archive book of Muhammad when he came to the studio, yeah. and I took a, a photo uh, with Abdul, sort of, um, and, well, half kneeling, sort of getting down at Chris Ball, the group yeah. chief executive yeah, of right. First National Chris, yes, Bank. Yes, I remember. Yeah, back in those days during the turning of the soil, uh, you know, with Abdul Banji then. And, and, and if the current leadership of football have got anything to be wronged about, is the fact that the way FNB Stadium turned out, yeah, it's wonderful, but it's about the outlying fields, the way that it was supposed to turn out in the original architectural design that Abdul yeah. had was never fulfilled because you don't get that. It is not there. It doesn't exist.
5: Well, you, you know, the whole issue was, as you said, what you said to me earlier was, he never got the recognition. He was the person that was the driving force behind FNB Stadium. I remember we—I don't know if you—if you remember going up in helicopters the day that that, that they that they took all the journalists around and we went up yes. in helicopters and and we saw the stadium. It was something we never thought of, and and and, I, and my only, my biggest regret was I, I lost touch with Abdul. You know, life goes on, and and you carry on with your life, and you you know out of sight, out of mind. And I just, well, to say to Mohammed, I really, really feel, and I really send my condolences because uh, it, it is such a sad, sad time. You know, I, I'll always remember him as smiling and. And and going there, you know, in Mayfair into his house and having dinner, it, it you know he he was such a nice guy to deal with, and he would give you on record, off record, he would tell you things, you know, and he knew you weren't going to break a confidence, you know, and and it was a lovely way to work with an official when you tr- he trusted you, you trusted him, and as I said, I I, I I've got no, I, I was close at the time, and I know I was close, but you had to be, I mean the. the the, the current crop now are different. Even players are different now. It's, mm-hmm. it's a whole different, you know, era on football. Um, it, it's just not the same. You know, forty, thirty years ago, it it was an all bright new, brand new world. We we were all, all in this together, all new. We, we into this. We we back in FIFA. Well, before even FIFA, but it was before even that. Sorry, what I'm, what I'm going to say is when the, back in the 80s, Abdul was breaking down the apartheid barriers. That was the one thing, that, again, with Ellis Park. You'll remember, as I said, the ring of shame. around mm. the, All those sweet seats that were never sold. And with all the stadiums he filled, how on earth he managed to do that, I'll never know. But he did, and you know what? He could convince you. You would you would tell an Eskimo he could buy some ice. You know, <laughs> he would he would sell ice to an Eskimo because he was he he could he could tell me something, and I knew. But but at the time when you sat down with him, over dinner or something, you would get the real Abdul. And and my condolences go to his family. Yeah. I I really really wish I had 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 time to say goodbye to him because he was a really nice person. And with, again, I'll I'll go back to what you said earlier. He didn't get the recognition he deserves. He deserves far more recognition in football than anybody gives him credit for. And and I tell you what he he. he if he did the crime he did the time and he never ever ever complained and I absolutely
1: I, uh, I was, was going to just say I was going to say, Billy, sorry, i just going to take a break and say goodbye. But do make time for us so that we can chat to you um, on another time and another, uh, just to celebrate you as an individual. I really would oh, love thank that. You. And I, yeah, but thank you so much for the tribute. Really heartfelt and yeah, uh, well, genuine. Really and thank you, thank you, thank you so French much for the you. Billy Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you. I appreciate you. Worldwide. Former NSL PRO, Abdul Bamji. I think he was more than just a PRO. I think he was uh, football in so many uh, different aspects. Mohammed Bamji.
4: Round two is, is whenever, you want, whenever you want me, Rob, I'll, no, I'll definitely it. be there.
1: No, we're going to do it. Think.
4: And uh, if, even if it means I must pull him in and pull him in one corner just for you to see him, yes. uh, I'll, I'll try my best. I'm not promising, yeah. him, but I'll no, try. I, and he, he, he is listening. He is, he's currently I, I listening. I know that he's listening. Maybe you can just ask him also. while. Well. <laughs> Mr. Abdul
1: Bamji, you made me leave KZN <laughs> to come to Joburg for the first time to watch a football game that you were promoting. We are here in Gauteng. I'm asking you, to return the favor, just to come with your sound to the studio. I hope it's received positively. Marawa Sports Worldwide Former NSL, Piero, Abdul Bamji I think he was more than just a Piero I think he was uh, football in so many different aspects Muhammad Bamji chatting to us I don't you remember
4: the highest attendance in other park 110,000, it was a double header And the story was by Tuesday, Wednesday Not even 10,000 tickets were sold He went on radio or TV And he says the tickets are 99% sold out. If you don't get your tickets by tomorrow Forget about coming <laughs> And Thursday morning <laughs> Computer ticket. Called him and said, Abdul, what are you doing? This mayhem here at Computer Ticket. People are just coming. <laughs> and he said, Your job is to sell tickets. Don't worry about it. I mean, just sell the tickets. NSW. <laughs>
1: <So.
6: laughs>
7: Good evening, good evening, Mr. Marawa. It's Isaac here in Scrub Pretoria. Yeah, deepest yeah, condolences uh, to the great administrator of, of the game. Yeah, may he soul rest in peace. Yeah, in fact, yeah, such is life, eh? I did like life, Marawa, but yeah, I to I'm going to Good evening, Robert Marawa. It's
8: Lemmy from Newcastle.
7: Madhlukutu, it's
8: said that there is no one who filled the void that was left by Sulib, by, sorry, by Abdul Bamji. You know, he's one man who would pull crowds to the stadium. He was a crowd puller. You know, he makes soccer so entertaining. You know, you'll definitely know on the day what to expect. There will be curtain raisers. There will be uh, artists performing until the start of the game, but now it's all boring. That's why even people come late to the stadium because of people like him are not there anymore. So we'll solely miss the passing of Abdul Bamji's caliber. Uh, football will never be the same. Uh, condolences to his family. May his soul rest in peace. Thank you.
9: Good evening Rob and your team there, Uh, condolences to Rasmata's family, the real Rasmata, Mr. Abdul Bamji, uh, to the family, thank you so much uh, for borrowing us, Uh, a legend who was never celebrated uh, by his people, Uh, sadly I listened to the interview of of his son some time back, uh, where it was so painful where he said uh, he was never even invited to a single game in 2010 world cup uh, but unfortunately uh, these are some of the things that we we, we, we as a country are doing uh, the leadership of uh, Safa uh, they failed uh, the gentleman mr bamji he contributed a lot to our soccer like they're saying uh, uh, he negotiated deals. We, we, I remember watching Italia '90 as an 18-year-old boy. Uh, it was, it was marvelous to watch. Thank you to those wonderful, wonderful, fi- wonderful memories. Uh, to Mr. Bamji, may his soul rest in peace uh, eternally. So, thanks. It's in Broncos prayed.
10: Good day Robert Beverly and the team, uh, condolences to the Bamji families like when uh, the interview that you had with his son a couple of months ago or a uh, ago, it was like yesterday, yeah, what a loss to South African football. Uh, on a lighter note, I like what I'm seeing at FNB, especially those, uh, I can't say youngsters, but younger players to what, we, what we, we are used to at Keza Chiefs. Uh, it's good. Let's see what way we live and direct from Kitora. Thank you.
11: Good day, Rob. Uh, condolences again to the Pamji family. Zanu Pamji. He was one of the highest quality administrators of football in this country. Thank you, Mr. Pamji, for your contribution. Uh, Condolences to Mr. Ishmael Pamji, which is the son. Thanks, Robbie, from PE.
2: Good evening, Rob.
12: I just want to send my heartfelt condolences to Abdul Ramji. My soul rest in peace and to his family.
2: We have yet, we
12: have lost another legend. Uh, thanks for the awesome show, Robert. It's Brennan from Middleburg. Do what you do best, my brother. are Robbie.
11: Uh, Marawa, I just want to send my condolences to the Pamchi family. Uh, well, I was still very young when he was still uh, <laughs> involved in our soccer, but I used to remember him being a snazzy dresser with your green pants and your white shoes, you know? and your goal, and the jewellery, of course. I just want to say, rest in peace, Abdul Bamji. You left the mark on our on our soccer. You will always be missed, never be forgotten. And also, Marawal, just want to commend your show. Your show, it covers a lot. Whether people that have departed, we are celebrating life, we, 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 we can always refer. You, you always play your tapes when people were still on your show. That's what you always emphasize, that you don't celebrate people when they're gone. You celebrate while they're still alive. I, I, the MSW has covered a lot of ground, and it's still going to cover, because you, 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 you do your research, Marao. You put in the work, and it's all there to see. Keep up the good work, Marau, and the team. Usfiso emlas.
6: Good evening, Rob. Um, it's Tabo Peterson here. Robert, we have lost... A legend in the football fraternity. Um, what a humble soul! A man who does what is set to execute. You know, I never used to be a fan of football in my younger years. Um, you know, but knowing Hori, you'll be getting to the stadium, and there will definitely be cousin races. There'll be competitions. There'll be artists performing. It tells you the passion. Abdul Bamji had for the game. May his soul rest in peace and condolences to his family. We've lost a legend uh, and it's a pity that uh, we couldn't find the right caliber of people to fill his shoes. At times we need to go back to basics and uh, need not change or fix what is not broken in our game.
1: Wow, powerful, powerful tributes indeed coming through from people that love the beautiful game of football 0605842250. Uh, Please keep sending those through to us as we celebrate the life and the times of Mr. Abdul Bamji. And one of the voice notes did say that uh, they were still very young. It's uh, it's also the same with myself. Uh, One was observing from a distance uh, what was going on football-wise, reading extensively. Uh, writers like Lemons, like Billy uh, Coopers of this world, like the Louis Mazibugos of this world, the late uh, you know so many great writers that were there in the in in the forefront of writing about uh football in South Africa that uh, it, it almost at times got to be like one knew who Abdul Bamji was, but just. Um, you know the great journalism that was there uh, really put it out and, and we really, really, really glad, uh, glad for that. Um, we'll play out in just a second a tribute by Thomas uh, Um but let me give you a quick score update because things have changed at uh, at the FNB Stadium where Kaza Chiefs are playing against uh, Chakuma who have had a player sent off uh, with Ndenganek shown a second yellow in the 84th minute so he gets his marching orders. The two players who scored a couple of days ago Uh, that is Ungobo, as well as Machian have scored again. So Machian is scoring in the 90th minute after Manyama had scored in the 71st. So it's Kaiser Chiefs 3, uh, TTM 0. Uh, The game would be ending any minute from now. Mamelodi Sundowns 0, uh, Bloemfontein Celtic 0, but... If the clip that is currently circulating on Twitter is anything to go by, uh, Bloom Celtic uh, would have and should have uh, been given a a goal. I'm not sure what's happening with the officials these days, Uh, but yeah, uh, it it is what it is. But here is our uh, MSW tribute to a man who even Peli Cooper would say... Uh, was able to bring in the likes of Lucky Dube, the likes of Rebecca Malope, so many artists that would come to the stadium as part of entertainment, because, yes, football entertained, and it was a, it was a soul of uh, South Africans, but what about everything else that went with the game? And, uh, and I do salute again, I think it was Dumsan in Broncospray who spoke from the heart as well, and there was also another uh, voice note talking about him as being a snazzy dresser, the real, real resmatas.
3: Marawa Sports
1: Worldwide. An exclusive conversation here as we look back at the life and the times of uh, former NSL, Piero, Abdul Bamji. I think he was more than just a Piero. I think he was uh, football in so many different aspects. Mohamed Bamji
4: uh, will be chatting to us. It's been a long time. I know you've been trying to track my dad down and I'm just honored to represent him and represent the Bamji family in this great uh, sports show with the top presenter in the country.
1: Thank you so much. I really do appreciate that. How is he doing, health-wise? How is he doing as a person?
4: As a person, he's doing well. Rob, um, he still loves his football. Yeah. If there's a game on TV, and the first question that comes to me is, is my boy? Why is the stadiums empty? Mm. What's happening with our football? We're not filling stadiums. Right. And every week when I see him, that's that's the first question. Why is the standard dropped? Mm. I don't know if you remember, the highest attendance in Ellis Park, 110,000. It was a double header, And the story was, by Tuesday, Wednesday, not even 10,000 tickets were sold. He went on to, on radio or TV, and he says the tickets are 99% sold out. If you don't get your tickets by tomorrow, forget about coming. <laughs> and Thursday morning, <laughs> ticket Called him and said, Abdul, what are you doing? It's mayhem here at ticket. People are just coming. <laughs> and he said, your job is to sell tickets. Don't worry about it. We'll just sell the tickets. <laughs>
1: so, <laughs> Does... Current football leadership structures. Recognize Abdul Bamji. Do they give him his due respect?
4: To be honest with you, Rob, no. When I see him and I always tell him, they'll never forget. You drive past FNB Stadium, you'll never forget it. You can turn the soil, you can turn it into the calabash, but we know whose brainchild was it. When FNB was broken down before the World Cup, there was no invite. Has no, he uh, ever
1: been invited to a football game? Professional football, cup final, nope. international? Nothing, was he invited to the World Cup 2010?
4: No, Robbie. I remember a few years ago, there was a deep debate of what, what should FNB be, be named. It can only be named the Abdul Bamji Stadium. Some people listening to your show might be throwing themselves in the seats and saying never, but he's the brancher. Whether yeah. you like it or not, think think about who was Mr. Football, Mr. Sport, who was not scared to challenge people and take this take our, our sport mm-hmm. to the next level, not only football. Whether we like it or not, who was going to be your next minister of sport after Mr. Steve Stewartley. You remember Italia 90? How did Italia 90 come here? Mm-hmm. Because South Africa was in a party. No one wanted to look at us. He flew to Switzerland with no appointment on his own Money. Mm. He met Mr. Blatter, who was then the second, not even yeah. Avalanche was, was the president.
1: Yeah, Jean Avalanche, yeah.
4: And boom, bam, we got Italia 90. Oh. And that was our first footstep into FIFA. And people forget about that. People think our biggest achievement was hosting 2010. Do people really know how FNB came about? He mm. just didn't fall in the field. He Remind us. He was tired of begging people for Ellison, mm. going to Louis late and say we need the stadium, we need the stadium. And he felt our black people need their own home. And he looked at this, the land and he said, that's it. He got hold of a gentleman in England called Chris Ball. Boom, boom. Before you know it, the first soil was turned. And if you look at his brainchild for FNB was you had Hotels that were supposed to be built, training facilities. training facilities. Some people who made the decision to break it down mm-hmm. didn't really have the vision, but people are today. I don't want to continue with it because it's Robert Marawa's mm-hmm. idea, for example, or is this one's uh, not knowing it's not Robert's idea or Mohammed's idea or Abdul's idea, it's African football's idea. This is going to benefit everyone when our eyes are closed. Whenever you want, whenever you want me, Rob, I'll, no, we're gonna I'll definitely it. be there.
1: No, we're going to do it, I think. and
4: uh, if, even if it means I must pull him in and put him in one corner just for you to see him, yeah. Uh, I'll I'll try my best. I'm not promising, but I'll try. And he he is listening. He's currently listening. I know that he's listening. Maybe you can just ask him also. (laughs) while.
1: Mr. Abdul Bamji, you made me leave (laughs) KZN to come to Joburg for the first time to watch a football game that you were promoting. We are here in Kauteng. I'm asking you to return the favor just to come with your son to the studio. Man, sadly, Lucky Dube no more. Sadly, the man that you know loved Lucky Dube so much as far as a life football is concerned. Today we also say goodbye to him, that's Abdul Bamji. Uh, Both of them hopefully will meet in the gates of heaven and uh, get to reminisce about the good old days at the Ellis Park Stadium, how jam-packed it was, how people came through uh, to watch them. Uh, Another award-winning journalist um, was able to pay tribute, would have known uh, much about Abdul Bamji. Here's Thomas
3: Gwenaite. Hi, Rob. My first encounter with Abdul was a tongue-lashing following a story I had written. He pointed out to me that I unconsciously perpetuated the myth that blacks could not run a professional organization efficiently without the help of white people. But in years that followed, I realized that there was mutual respect between us, a powerful activist. He was not afraid to tell industry role players and heads of huge corporates in South Africa that they were racist, that they discriminated against football in the allocation of sponsorship funds because it was a black man's favorite sport. He cautioned that football was no longer prepared to accept crumbs that fell off the table. He played a key role in the unification of South African football and broke the ground for the construction of the original Soccer City Stadium. Man, I could go on and on about the motormouth and original razzmatazz long before Minister Fixa Mbalula assumed the moniker. May Abdul's soul rest. Peace,
1: Thomas Gwenaite. Uh, thank you so, so very much indeed for honoring us and for being, um, you know, as forthright as you could possibly be in shedding some light about the tongue lashing that you got from uh, the now late Abdul Bumji. Uh, it's not going to be the end. Uh, I know that there was a couple of years ago, uh, SABC journalist uh, Bongi Sishi, who had a, a conversation with Abdul Pamji, will play that out for you. Uh, and also a little bit of the, about six minutes of the recorded conversation with Abdul San Mohammed on the 29th of Jan uh, 2020. Uh, it's amazing. It was almost a year since we had that conversation and here we are again in January 2021, and he is no more. All right, the final scores, as far as the two games that were being played today are concerned, uh, Kaiser achieves a uh, three, null, uh, nil, no, Mamelodi Sundowns nil, no, Bloemfontein Celtic nil. No. Uh, there were also two red cards in that game. I know I did mention, and Dangana getting a second yellow in the 84th minute, Bernard Parker in the 94th minute also getting a second yellow uh, and being sent off. Got two yellows in a space of just a couple of minutes, Bernard Parker. Uh, so, yeah, you got sent off. Uh, so what does that mean for Kaiser Chiefs? As far as the Log table is concerned, uh, they now are in, what, 7th place with 16 points, uh, which means that they're 10 points now adrift of Log leaders, Mamlodi Sundowns, who just got a point after the drawn and controversially drawn game against Bloemfontein Celtic Chakuma, as well as Tears Galaxy, at the bottom of the table, 8 and 9 points respectively. Right now, though, Let's get into what's happening around the world. Uh, JT standing by, Jolani Tulo with the latest in the world. Hashtag MSW.
12: Robert Marawa, Nabalalili, oh, no, 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 Robert Marawa, Abdul, oh, Mr. Soka, oh, why, quality state, Jamsi, quality, 110,000 people, in daughter, Ubonu, would I blow Wago in way more to lapestadium lap of Zalum Columna Market and Raisa on Gelang or Tani. Our Bazooza entertainer the show five o'clock and damn bomb. Oh, I may soul rest in peace. I'm Kumbula. Oh, the great Mr. Sok, the Rasmat, the real Rasmatas. Thank you, Marawa. Yeah, bomb. Um,
13: Good evening, Robert. Uh, Mark here from Estras. I uh, just want to pre- pay my special, uh, Regards and my condolences to the Abdul Bamji family and Abdul himself, his departed. So rest in peace. There was a time that I remember Mr. Bamji that I met him in Fordsburg. With the late Abdul Bamji, I was meeting him with Suli Bamji, the player who used to play for Morocco Swallows. We met at a Peacock restaurant and I will never forget uh, Abdul Bamji's traditional way that he he used to wear a cream white or a white suit with a black shirt and his golden bracelet on his uh, uh, arms and always, you know, talking positively and assuring you of something that he will always take care of a situation and he really came forward to the party. Uh, Abdul Bamji was a legend, he was a smooth talker but he delivered on all his promises and I can still remember him as vividly as yesterday. Uh, he's such an influential individual and such a great person. I've never met someone so talkative and so reassuring for any situation in life like Abdul Bamji. So Mr. Bamji, where you are, may your soul rest in beautiful peace and may your family have all the peace that you are at a better place now. Um, Enjoy the rest of the evening, guys. Mark from Yestras. Good evening, bye.
14: Hi, Rob. Um, this is Andrew from Roryport. Imagine uh, Ellis Park full to capacity. Uh, Brenda Farsi walking in the middle of the field and singing uh, her hottest songs at the time. Uh, imagine like he you know. Uh, chest out, uh, you know, uh, running in the middle of the field, belting out his latest tunes. Um, imagine Chico doing the same uh, before we watch uh, uh, the biggest debut in Africa. I mean, who else can do that, uh, Rob? The man was Abdul Pamji. What great memories! Uh, what great, uh, you know, uh, I would say, uh, a genius in the making in terms of marketing. And Pierre uh, he made our soccer very colourful and we'll always have those memories embedded in our hearts and minds. May his soul rest in peace. Thank you so much.
8: Good evening, so Rob and Kateria that. from Pretoria. I think, night, Mr. On, um, football. Yeah. If a game
4: on
8: TV I recall on Saturdays when I it's match days, I would watch be watching soccer football. with my late dad. Game and, too, and I would recall he had a very, you know, witty demeanor to his character. And he was, a, everybody was, saying he was a snazzy dresser, very funny, eloquent, but straight to the point. I always remember what my dad's remarks were about him that he would call us spade or spade. Thank you.
1: a spade, he did indeed call. Thank you so much Tula, for the news at the top of the hour. As we continue with tribute and paying tribute as well, you heard Mark and yesterday was talking about him and saying what a talkative but reassuring individual. Uh, I can't have described him better than that and because we uphold the game's history in, in, in very high regard as well as strive to make sure that uh, you know who is the who's who of it uh, and those that have contributed immensely to bring in the game where it is today. A lot of you have said thank you because we always try and recognize our legends while they're still alive, and we'll continue to do that uh, because when they're gone, it means absolutely nothing. Let's take you back now to an interview uh, that he did with the CBC journalist, Bongi Sishe, a couple of years ago.
12: About the fact that uh, Tabe should be outside the chairman of the NPSL. There are no documentary proofs that we have produced at this point in time. It is alleged that there are monies that, 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 that he has misappropriated. There are Amendments on the constitution that that he does not want to fulfil, and there are no documentary proofs whatsoever in whatever we have been saying, and he himself has reacted with no documentary proofs. Can you please clear the air on the fact on the on, on the on the facts that there are monies that are, that have been misappropriated in, in the last year's financial report? Uh,
0: thank you very much, Bongi. Uh, at the outset, what I must tell you very clearly that we're not concerned about Mr. Tabe and his, and his men anymore. Uh, the National Professional Soccer League is vibrant and uh, we don't even want to get involved in what they say. We are going ahead with football, we're interested in the game of football and we're gonna do our damn best to make football in this country like it's never been before. We've got the professional first division pretty under control. We are making extensive tour throughout the country, uh, Natal, Port Elizabeth, uh, Free State and Transvaal to, to set the second division scene ready. We'll obviously be looking Uh, to normalize the whole soccer situation in this country. We'll use our muscles, our influence, to try and bring the various groups together. And obviously, our long-term aim is to get back into international football. We have the people with the right credentials, and we believe we'll make more progress than they've ever made. With regards to the club's um, uh, fight for autonomy, this is uh, justified. They've merely tried to normalize uh, a very abnormal situation that existed. The club did everything in their power to do things orderly and constitutionally. 45 clubs had signed a petition uh, requesting the League to summon a special general meeting in terms of, uh, in terms of Article 11 of the Constitution. Uh, they submitted all the respective proposals and amendments. As you know, the present League Constitution vest all the powers into SENFA. And if that wasn't enough, uh, SENFA, uh, highly instrumental in, in this whole thing, Mr. Thabe, tried to motivate extra amendments to entrench his position further and the position was that the the, the Senfa president shall be the president of NPSL, and um, uh, the management committee's uh, elections will be vetoed by by, by Senfa. Senfa will have all the rights. In other words, the amateurs were trying to control the destiny of professionals, which is totally unacceptable and totally abnormal. It doesn't happen anywhere in the world. Obviously, the clubs then felt that they should convene a special general meeting uh, and uh, try and pilot all these amendments. When these amendments came through, and they asked for his resignation, but at the management committee meeting of the league, He's the affected party. They're asking for his resignation and ask for amendments, but he presides over these meetings, and he says he will not submit those amendments to the meeting. He will call a meeting himself, and he will draft the agenda. Now, you know, uh, I've never seen something like this in my life. He actually frustrated the clubs in every possible way. They try to do things only constitutionally. Hence, uh, by being frustrated left, right, and centre, and as you know recently, with these threats about the grounds, etc., which are just empty noises, and i treated with the contempt that he deserves. Uh, The clubs had no alternative but to to go it alone. And this they have achieved very successfully. And the days of talking to Mr. Thaba and company are long gone by, they're over. We are ready to go and we're going. Uh, With regards to financial position, uh, I want to show you the, from the South African National Football Association's annual report, this is, uh, I'm not sucking any information out of my thumb. These are factual information according to their audited statement. You know the cry about amateur football, how amateur football has been neglected or we will neglect amateur football. That to me is a myth. First and foremost, there are close to 220 local associations affiliated with the various provinces that are affiliated to Senfa. And only 12 of those local associations derive any financial benefit. That's the first point. Secondly, this big talk about the professionals won't support amateur football. We have made a firm commitment. We will at all times support and encourage amateur football. We stand by that. There'll be no deviation from that. we we'll make our contribution to amateur football. But we want the money to be used for what it is and not misused. In the central balance sheet, in 1982, they received 340,000 Rand, 227, uh, 340, 227 Rand, 85 cents, from the clubs of the NPSL, from share. Now that was supposed to be for amateur football. From that amount, they only gave the associations, local associations, 99,955 Rand, 20 cents. Now what happened to the other money, a big amount? Yeah, I leave that to your imagination. They spent sixty two thousand nine hundred and fifty two Ren four cents on travelling expense. Where? Did they go overseas to try and bring us back into international football? Or was it just local travel, right? In eighty two they gave an honoraria of four thousand seven hundred and twenty-five. But in eighty three they upped that by how many percent? To thirty-one thousand four hundred ren on area. In eighty three the league gave them four hundred and fifty four thousand eight hundred and two Ren for amateur football. What did they do? In spite of getting more money from the league from the 82, they reduced the amateur grant. They only gave the amateurs 94,452 Ren 19 cents from a total amount of 454,802 rand. Now you're telling me you're supporting amateur football. That's a myth, Mr. Bongi. They only gave the amateurs 94,000. Their travelling expense, 56,000. Their honorarium went up to 31,000. They show an unauthorized expenditure for such a big organization of 42,930 Rand. Another unauthorized. It's there in their own language, right? I find it uh, diabolical to say the least. We also have what we call a development fund, where all the clubs, every game that they play, 2% is deducted of their gates to this fund which call, we call development fund. This development fund is to develop football facilities, etc., no other purpose. And they show it in their statement, development fund, capital employed, 163,468. In 1983, of course, since then, it's much more. But this is not an asset of Sensa. This money belongs to the clubs for a specific purpose, development fund. It shouldn't be shown in their capital employed. But that's nothing. They take the club's money. A one person, Mr. Tabe takes the money from the development fund. He says he had the authority from Senfa. He most certainly didn't have the authority from the NPSL. He most certainly did not consult the clubs of the NPSL. It's their money. And if you want to use their money, you must first consult them. They took 32,000 rand from the development fund to print a book, which is called The Goal. It's a goal, which Senfa did in, in the 50th celebrations last year. But that book is not football property. If it was football property, by all means, use football money to develop football. But don't use football money to, 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 uh, to uplift your own ego. That book on the front page, as you've seen it yourself, it says copyright GAL Tabe. That means all the royalties of that book will go to Mr. Tabe. But the money has been taken from the development fund of the clubs, and the clubs were never consulted. It's like you coming to the league as an official and saying I'm taking 30,000 to build a house. You know, it's diabolical to say the least, you know, and these type of things obviously um, have been brought to notice of the club. Senfa will say we'll replace the money. When? I don't know, right? But in the first place, it's totally immoral for a chairman of an organization to take money from the trust fund to finance his own book, his book, because the royalties go to him. I believe there should be an, an independent inquiry into the affairs of Senfa for the good of football. And I'm saying this with, with substance and facts. Now, the clubs feel that four to 500,000 rand every year of their money is not being used for the purpose it's set. Now the clubs are free, and free at last. Thank God we're free. Now they will get the benefit of that money, and the amateur football will get more money than what Centrava has given them. And the clubs will see more money. It's their league. The clubs spend the money to, to bring the players. They fill the terraces. So why mustn't they be the biggest benefactors? We're we have normalized a very abnormal situation and I see so much hope for the future of football in this country this is something that people that that fought and got this right must be complimented in the name of football and football made me I did not make football the game is greater than the individual we are here we play play our part we disappear but this great game of football the most popular sport in South Africa and the world will carry on
12: Uh, Abdul on the question of a book um, according to Mr. Tavi, it is alleged that the 32,000 he took was going to be paid back, the agreement was that the 32,000 was going to be paid back to the development fund, apparently, and then he will get the royalties after the money has been paid back, that is the agreement between the Sanfa and the NPSF. Do you have anything to say on that?
0: No, I must refute that very strongly. Uh, I don't recall any, any agreement uh, between Sanfa and NPSF about the book, but the principle, the principle, Bongi, is that the development fund is money that the clubs have put in that fund. Now, if you take money that you have contributed to, you must be consulted if somebody takes your money. And the principal wasn't adhered to. He did not consult the clubs. He did not go to a meeting to tell the clubs that uh, I'm taking 32,000. I believe he had no right whatsoever to take that money to promote his own book. If he did it in the interest of football, the clubs would have supported But the basic principle is he did not consult the people whose money it is. He did it on his own initiative. He may have had the sanction from SENFA, you know, that I can't answer for because I'm not part of SENFA. But even if SENFA approved that, then the SENFA executive stand guilty, in my, in my opinion. Abdul, um, you have said that you, the clubs acted
12: constitutionally in outsting Mr. Tabe as the chairman of the NPSL. Apparently, Mr. Tabe has not uh, been able to be outstead as the chairman. Is there no way of outvoting him in the upper level of the Sanfa and the NPSL during the elections of the Sanfa and the NPSL at that level if the, the clubs failed to to,
0: to, to to do it at the, the, the Constitution? Uh, Bongi, like I said at the outset, we tried all the proper channels. We were frustrated. And the time has long gone by to talk about these things now. We are there. We've got our own premises, we've got all the teams behind us, we've got all the sponsors behind us, we've got the people behind us. I have never seen so much goodwill in my life, and I've been involved for 16 years. Every person in this country is supporting us, you know. So the days of talking and constitutional, we tried that, we failed, it frustrated us. So That is long past gone. Now, from now on, I don't want to talk about them. I want to talk about the league, I want to talk about the football, and what we're going to do for football.
12: Abdul, um, there are a lot of people who cling on the fact that you and Mr. Gobas uh, have decided to take some of the monies that are being misappropriated in the whole organization and flew to Mauritius and Botswana for your own
0: goodwill. Well, I, I, te- you I tell you that's libel. If you say that we took some of the money of the organization to go to Mauritius, that's libel. Uh, you, as you know, we, we're both credible people in this country, and I go on holiday annually. Every year I go on holiday and I spend my own money from my own pocket. And so does Mr. Cobus, right? So if I go on a holiday to Mauritius or Brazil America, that's my personal affair, right? And we did not any at any stage take league money. We don't do that, you know? In fact, even in this new movement now, all the meetings and uh, functions that we are having, we are putting money from our own pocket. We are putting our own money for the betterment of football to fight for justice. You know, we don't misappropriate anybody's money. Abdul, you have spoken about the fact
12: that you you... You and the NPSL, the new NPSL, you want to be recognized as in the FIFA as... Have you ever, have you done any steps towards um, approaching FIFA or African football confederation in connection with the whole thing?
0: Yes, Bungie, we are very fortunate. I have a good accord with the people overseas over the years. I've built this accord because it takes, it takes years to build credibility. And we've been in constant touch with people. I've always kept touch because they're all my friends. And they've always told me that the name Tabe is unacceptable overseas, right? It has a stigma. But you have the right credentials, and if you have the right pe- people ar- around you, please come and talk to us. We'll welcome you. And this is what we're going to do. At the moment, we don't even have a dialogue or communications with the international world, right? We've just been huffing, puffing, emotional stuff in this country. We don't have any communication. We are going to re-establish communications with the outer world, starting off with the African Football Confederation. We have men like Matong, Kobus, we have credibility and we are going to talk to our brothers in Africa and tell them what we've done in this country, right? And hopefully one day take our rightful place. But the amateur setup in this country is still very abnormal. All the amateur organizations must get together in the name of football. A new forum, a new environment has entered football in this country. They must all get together on a new forum and restructure amateur football. We will support them to the hill and we are going to work for the interests of football. And Bongi, believe in me, the football world. Will be better and bigger than it's ever been.
1: Oh. That's the man. If you had never heard his voice, um, you know, th- th- that's him. Uh, there was a big push. There was a big fight. There was a big um, issue around who controls the game. And he does mention uh, clubs fighting for autonomy. He gives you a breakdown in 1982 about the 340k uh, that was there for the gate chair that was uh, taken, the 99k that was there um, for the associations, the 62,000 rand on travel. He breaks it down to every cent. But he has also another recording uh, that we have a, a special tribute that uh, was brought to us especially uh, for this show, and we thank uh, Senegalese um, that is Papa Masata Diak. Here he is.
7: This is Papa Masata Diak marketing consultant uh, based in Senegal uh, I really pay tribute to the, the great Abdul Bamji uh, uh, seasoned uh, sports administrators and uh, I had the privilege working with him uh, in South Africa during the unity process and also the organization of the African Cup of Nations and some Kosafa events uh, really we are really uh, Uh, come celebrating his uh, death in West Africa here in Senegal uh, because we know his role and his contribution to the development of uh, soccer in South Africa and beyond in Southern Africa and uh, also very well appreciated in FIFA, in uh, uh, the Olympic movement for his contribution Uh, May his soul rest in paradise and uh, really uh, pay tribute to his family and to all his friends uh, for his contribution. Uh, Abdul Bamji was also known for his jovial attitude, his positive attitude, uh, uh, also uh, uh, being a good Muslim. Uh, I'm a Muslim like him. Uh, he used to invite me to go and pray Friday prayers together when he was in Johannesburg. So really something, uh, somebody who really appreciated personally. and. Uh, He is also known to be frank and straightforward talking in his negotiations, and I think that's what makes it uh, an appeal uh, for uh, them to be able to succeed in football uh, on the integration of South Africa uh, back in the sports family, but also to have the grant of the African Cup of Nations 1996. So really uh, it's a big loss. For African football uh, Abdul Bamji was a great man and uh, may his soul rest in paradise thank you
1: thank you so much there Papa Masata Diak for that very special tribute here's a
10: evening Robbie Sad news indeed we lost an icon a man who gave us hope he gave us entertainment today football is business Robbie during Abdul Bamji football was entertainment Abdul Bamji mixed football and music. Do you remember the Uisa Spectacular? Every footballer's dream to play in that tournament. Abdul Bamji owned a sports shop, Robbie. The football equipment in that sports shop was affordable for the Messies because he understood the Messies. He was vibrant, energetic, and he was somebody that gave you hope during the apartheid era, during the dark days. I remember Roby attending, uh, he, he was a spectacular. And when I watched, you know, all those young stars, uh, Obri, the late Obri, the beast, Siboku, Chaka Chakampondo, Mpondo, uh, uh, on the Kaiser Chiefs line, you line up, you had uh, the young Abel Shongwe. Uh, on the Pirates lineup, you had Ace Kuse. Uh, Killam Corners. You know, those are the youngsters that uh, lived their dream in that a Spectacular that Abdul Bamji introduced to us. And the nicest part is that I made my debut in that tournament in Abdul Bamji's baby idea of making sure the messes are being entertained. Let us celebrate his passing away, Robbie. Let us celebrate him as a man that was vibrant, energetic, and always wanted to see the masses enjoy football. May his soul eternally rest in peace. Thank you, Roby.
1: Thanks for your honesty. Thank you very much indeed for that special tribute. And also just highlighting what I think was what a 26-year history of the... Charity Spectacular started as the WISA Charity Spectacular, became known as the Talcum uh, Spectacular as well. Sadly, it no longer exists, uh, but the legacy that uh, he did leave behind stays on. And to the family, I hope as you were listening throughout the entire show, you got to have a a bit of a smile in the midst of the sadness. Thank you, South Africa. Thank you for paying tribute to a great of SA football.